Hello, and welcome to Bobby and Yen's presented by Zwift. One thing I'm thankful for is still being able to train with friends on Zwift any time of the day. Being motivated by the massive community means there's always someone to ride with and new locations to explore. Like the new Japanese-inspired Makuri Islands and my personal favorite route, the Mega Pretzel on Watopia. Riding with friends makes the training easier and they always know how to push me. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bobby and Jens. My name is Bobby Julik, and over there in Berlin somewhere, where I'm sure it's much colder than here in sunny Greenville, Mr. Jens Volkt. Jens, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Still busy with renovating um, the um, flat for my son. We find a little rental place for him, so he is moving out. Um, but it's stalling a little bit, so it's a little bit frustrating. But... We had a birthday last Saturday. Maya turned 14. And we do have another birthday tomorrow. My oldest son, Mark, turns 26 years old tomorrow. So it has been a good last weekend, and it's going to be a fantastic day tomorrow. And plenty of birthday cake, apparently. Uh, yes. Uh huh. Yes. My wife was busy doing cakes all afternoon, and I was busy cleaning dishes and all that stuff. You need to make the cakes so my wife could use them for the next cake again. So we were a good team, but it took us hours and hours. But it will be absolutely perfect. It will be a feast tomorrow. A feast of birthday cake. I love it. I love it. Yeah. The weekend was uh, kind of bizarre here. Really cold. Kind of got kind of depressed a little bit like it just changed all of a sudden and I got to do the ride with Reggie ride on on Zwift which was pretty pretty awesome you know when you get a few thousand people together on on Zwift and ride around and hang out with Reggie Miller for a couple hours it was it was fantastic and then the next day it was like it was summer again and we went for our normal group ride and it was the the leaves are perfect color the temperature was amazing. The company was fantastic. And we, you know, we pulled over to a little cafe, which back in the day, you know, would be a 10 minute, you know, maybe espresso or cappuccino. And I think we sat there for a good hour and a half and had some snacks, a um, couple, couple beers, I will admit. And it was just as I was sitting there and there were so many people on bikes and so many people outside, I just, I just felt like this is one of the best days I've had on a bike. And, um, you know, those days don't come around very often. So I wanted to mention that, but, uh, anyway, let's get on to the show. Legion of Los Angeles has dominated the USA crit series calendar on both the men and the women's side all season long. What started out as a vision by the Williams brothers just a few years ago has blossomed into a full blown success story. Today, we sit down with the other Williams brother, Corey Williams, to get the inside scoop on how the brothers from Los Angeles seem to know what is cool and what isn't, as they turn their project into an empire both on and off the bike, driving diversity and inclusion in sport, and that sport which seems to be a little bit on life support over here in the States. So sit back and relax 
and listen to this fantastic interview we had with Corey Williams. Okay, here we are back again at Bobby and Jens. Today, we have Corey Williams, also known as Nation's number one beast. Corey, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me, man. I'm super excited to be on here. Man, let's just start right there because um, Instagram, your Instagram tag. Um, I understand Mm -hmm. just hot off the press that this last weekend, you actually won the California State time trial championship to go on top of your road race and your criterium titles um nation's (laughs) number one beast tell us where the origins of that instagram tag came from so uh, it's a pretty long story actually i I was uh i grew up playing another sport which was football i played football for 10 or 11 years since i was like seven years old uh so like in that sport it was cool to be about yourself right it was like the way you carried yourself was uh you know your confidence and and the way you showed up on the field and i remember winning my national title when i was 15 and i was like oh wow i'm like the best in the nation it was a big deal for me so i was like oh cool name like i need to come up with one and nation number one beast was uh that's where it was born in 2009 wow and what position did you play in football and and hey Yenzi, just so that you know, this is um, American football, not yeah, it's not American soccer. football, not soccer, man. Hey, <laughs> I might be on the other side of the ocean, but I'm not a caveman, okay? I actually do get up to watch the Super Bowl every year. Yep, yep, oh. yep, at three in the morning or whatever <laughs> that is. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I was, uh, I actually played a uh, quarterback for a while, and then I went over to receiver. I didn't like uh, remembering all the plays. And having all the pressure to touch the ball all the time. So I remember, like, as a kid, I thrived at it. But, you know, when I got older, it was a little bit more pressure. And I really just wanted to catch the ball and not really throw it. (laughs) So around what age then? I mean, coming from a football, American football background, what age did you start getting into cycling? Tell us that whole introduction. That's quite a drastic change. Oh, uh, it is a, a massive change. It, it was actually uh, so usually when cycling season ended, uh, football started. So football started around August, a little later. Uh, our seasons are typically over in August. Uh, I was seven years old when I started football and I was nine when I started racing uh, bikes. Oh, wow. So it went parallel. So you did both at the same time, more or less. Yes, I actually did. I remember uh, getting to the point in high school where I would uh, have to start taking off season a little bit more serious. And I would go from like football practice straight to crit practice. And that didn't last very long. I was super sore. <laughs> because totally different sports, right? I mean, cycling, you normally you spend like hours yeah. and hours. And football, I believe, is just short, intense bursts of energy. So it's probably the training is not at all the same, right? And then what made you take the decision then to switch to cycling only uh i wasn't big enough man Uh, (laughs) at a certain point it was like i i need to get heavier but i I also love racing my bike and like being heavy is not the thing in cycling right so i was like all right you know i've you know been pretty successful on the bike and i think i want to pursue that because you know i wasn't 
tall enough or heavy enough to play football. So it was just a safer bet for me. I have to agree with you there. Um, football is my number one sport, the sport that I absolutely love to watch. Um, if I had a nickel or if my dad had a nickel for every time he threw me a, a football, you know, in the backyard or in the, in the driveway, um, he'd be retired living on a beach somewhere. But when it came down to organized football, um, yeah, I just did other sports. Uh, it was it was strange, but to this day, I mean, yeah, as Jens knows, I'm a huge Denver Bronco fan, and we finally finally had something to cheer about last weekend with them beating the Cowboys. But it's uh, it's tough being <laughs> a, a cyclist in a very small town in Colorado, Glenwood Springs when all your buddies are much bigger than you and play football or baseball or wrestling and whatnot. But it's kind of cool that you were able to, to blend the two. How, how did your buddies look at that? Because, I mean, you know, at least when I was growing up, cycling was, was not a very manly sport compared to, to football. But <laughs> yeah. how was it for you? I mean, it was, it was a thing where, like, you know, not everyone thought uh, the Lycra was cool. <laughs> But I did have a, a couple of my friends actually wanted to get into bike racing because they thought, you know, that it was cool that we went super fast. A lot of them knew Lance Armstrong. So, you know, it was a big thing in America for a while. And so a certain people wanted to get into it and not everyone was actually into it. So I just wanted to be myself and I just continued to race my bike. And when did you take your brother along? Like, I mean, he is racing as well. Did you do everything together, all sports together like brothers or your brother joined you later or he told you, hey, come and try the cycling thing? How did he get involved together with you? So uh, Justin actually started racing a year before me. So like we, we always went to bike races with my dad. I, I remember there's a photo of me when I was two years old at one of the crits down here called Manhattan Beach. And like I did all of the kids races and it was just something that's in our family. So like. I didn't really know if there was a career in it when I was younger. I didn't really pay attention to it. I just wanted to play football. And then, you know, the family started going out to bike races every week. Justin started racing and I was like, oh, it looks fun. I would like to race as well. So then that's when we all got into it a year after Justin. You know, man, I, I have to say I am, I am one of your biggest fans, no doubt. Um, everything that you, you put together there um, at Legion has been unbelievable um back in the predecessor to this podcast when we were called fizzo myself and angus morton uh had not only justin on but um skylar schneider when kind of everything was just starting and man the vision and the plans that they were describing i have to say afterwards i kind of said to to angus like do you think this is going to work? But man, it only hasn't worked. It's been a dominant performance on both the men and the women's side of the sport. A very close confidant told me that you are 50% of this whole Legion product project, but you aren't the social media butterfly, maybe that your brother is, but you come up <laughs> with the socials and help with the visuals. Like, yeah. what? What did it take to make this come from an idea, maybe on a chalkboard somewhere or, you know, just in your guys' mm -hmm. head to have it come to fruition with such success? 
I mean, it was, you know, it was a lot of hours and hours of work, you know, me and Justin have, we ride all the time together. And like most of our ride is just talking about what we want to do in the sport and how we want to change it. So like, it's just bringing it together with like the Instagram and actually showing these sponsors what they're getting back at the end of the year, rather than like, depending on, you know, oh, this is the race that, you know, we're going to and it gets this amount of uh, views and attention. It was like, Okay, now on Instagram, you have analytics where you can show them that this is the crowd that we reach and that's, you know, the return on investment. And I think that's where a lot of the teams aren't doing very well. They, they aren't providing the, the knowledge to these sponsors of why they're actually paying. And I, I, I'm wondering after reading about your project to prepare for our talk, when did you start to think big? to be bold. Hey, let's go bigger. Let's go bigger than this. Let's go bigger than even bigger. Like when you, where and how yeah. you build up the confidence, let's make this happen. Let's rock this world and let's shake it up. When did that start to develop? It's funny. It started right away, man. Like we, we are, we are bold. We, uh, our whole thing is to be yourself and, and we're bold people. We, we want to go big. We want to change everything. And, the whole thing was to change like to make cycling more visually appealing uh to the american people which we tend to have sh uh short uh attention spans so like crit racing to us was a no-brainer to to pursue that and make it uh massive so it's been growing a lot faster than i think we even expected so we're kind of along for the ride as well One of the first things that I noticed that you did differently was you guys would race the races with a GoPro camera. Um, yes. Where, where did that come from? I mean, because when you think about it, it's kind of like, you know, sticking out. It's not so aerodynamic. But like the footage that you guys get from that and then the ability to go back and maybe analyze that footage is is phenomenal. But... Like, when did that start and why did you start doing that? Was it because you wanted to show the sponsors some some ROI or was it just strictly because you wanted, I don't know, to study tactics or, you know, just have it on tape? Yeah, it was from a, for me, I actually started doing the camera stuff in 2010. Uh, it was more to, to watch actually my mistakes and figure out what I was doing wrong. I remember my dad standing in like one spot on the course And he would like tell me, hey, man, like you did this and this wrong. And I was like, dad, you didn't see the whole course. So I remember like I need a camera to show my dad so we can actually go through the mistakes that, you know, I made and make me better. And then it just turned into like this thing where people loved it. And like I was like, okay, well, we can use this for our benefit to actually show the sponsors, you know, and the people how cool our racing is. You hit the nail on the head right there. Like when, even if you're a seasoned fan standing on one corner of a criterium circuit or a fan standing in a, a field somewhere in the, in, in France, you only see that one little part, but that's what I thought was exactly. genius. Um, and I'm surprised that more people don't do it. Is there any sort of special, um, permission that you have to have from USA Cycling or from the races that you're doing to have that um, 
uh, GoPro system on or is, is it free? Because why isn't any, everybody else doing this? Yeah. <laughs> no, man, it, it's totally free. I think a lot of people uh, kind of get turned off by the, the aerodynamic thing. But like, if you're going to lose by this much, maybe you should have trained, you know, this much more, right? It's like the whole thing. If I wasn't going to win because I had a GoPro on my head, I might have not won anyway. So like, yeah, man, I think people... Uh, in order for for them to actually show what this this sport is capable of, I think you know we need more cameras in these bike races. Hey, um, your team has been so dominating this season. You've been crushing it all year long. What what's part of the or what is the reason behind that? Is it the strength and depth? Is is it the organization? Is it the loyalty? The you know the camaraderie in between you guys? Or you just train mm -hmm. it much more than everybody else. What do you think? What's the reasons why? Uh, I think, man, is honestly just like getting everyone on the same page, allowing them to be themselves and, and just, you know, making sure that they're confident, right? Like if I'm happy, I'll ride a lot more, uh, a lot better than if I was stressed out and worrying about if I have my job next year, you know? So like we just made everyone feel at home and, and they love it. And, you know, that way we don't have people fighting for, for like who wants to win what races, you know? For me, honestly, it's, I don't have to be the winner in the race. I just want our team to be successful. So if that means that I'm leading Tyler Williams out, Justin out, then that's what I'm doing. And when they see that from one of the people that started the, the team, they're more inclined to fall in line and, and you know take it the same way. So Jens and I were teammates on a team called CSC, which had a very similar um, attitude. We had a lot of good guys, but we all had... Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you, Jens, on this. We we had like five <laughs> pillars of the values of what our team was built on. Jensi, I'm putting you on the spot here, man. Do you remember those? Alrighty, it's respect, respect everyone yep. for their uniqueness, loyalty, be loyal to your teammates, to your partners, um, communication, say it or nobody will know. Dang, and there was another one. Commitment. Yes, commitment. Just do it. I remember that one. I was like a little bike rider, like rain and hail pouring on him. And that, that little pillar was commitment. Just do it. Just fight through it. And then all of them fought together, did build up teamwork, team spirit, because you can never win alone. And I believe something similar you guys have going on there. I, I'm just, I am totally impressed that you remember that, Yenzi. Um, thumbs up, thumbs up. Something stick with you, man. For, for sure. That's that's how good teams are built, you know. Communication, loyalty, yep. respect, commitment, and and I see that through and through. So when you're setting, when you when you're building a team, um, and we'll get to some new additions that you guys are are signing here, both on the men's and women's side here pretty soon. What what are you looking for in in a teammate in in a loyal teammate? I mean, honestly, we look at the the people they are off the bike you know if we can get along uh, like usually we we get on zoom calls at this point because of COVID, right we get on zoom calls it's me it's justin it's tyler and we just want to catch the vibe of people man like if you can vibe with us and you have talent like it's a kind of an easy in right because like everyone not everyone's a good bike rider but there's a lot of good bike riders out there but as soon as you get a bad apple or a bad attitude into the team it kind of like crumbles the whole thing from the inside so basically what we look for is just like attitude off the bike 
That also sounds like something similar we had back in the days. I remember in our first meeting, our team owner said, look, I do not only want you to become better bike riders, I want to make you also better humans. And that stuck to my mind. Yep. I heard that some 20 years ago, and that is so true. And I guess, yes, that's what you guys try to do. You try to find the people you fit in the team, and then you basically mm -hmm. make each other better. Exactly. If you want to get more out of your free time, sign up to Outside Plus. For less than a dollar a week, you can get a hard copy of Valley News magazine, choose two books a year from VeloPress, Access all the premium content from the whole outside family, including Yoga Journal, Peloton Magazine, and Backpacker. And that's not all. There are discounts of the hottest gear and biggest events, as well as virtual health and fitness courses. It's $350 of value every year in one $99 subscription. But if you head to valuenews.com slash outsideplus, and enter Bobby Jens 25, all one word, lowercase, at checkout. You'll receive our special 25% discount and you make a good deal great. And now back to our chat with Corey. So, so let's move into the, the structure of the team. Because I often wonder... When I see so much stuff on Instagram, I see so much uh, effort on your part, like you said, um, keeping sponsors happy, uh, doing things in yeah. your community. Um, oftentimes, I'm like, how do these guys have time to train? They're doing all these videos and sponsor <laughs> shoots and, and going to schools and whatnot. But who who is actually in charge of getting you guys to the races? Is it is it you and, and Justin, or do you have um, a DS, a, a travel coordinator that, that we need to pay some respect to here? It's funny, man. We started the first two years and it was just me and Justin, right? It was like me, Justin, and actually Tyler Williams came on the second year. And it was a little easier because we only had like 10 people, but now the, the project is a lot bigger. So now we have uh, Reed, And we have this guy, Michael, and, you know, they they help a lot on the back end. Now we, uh, me and Justin, don't have to do so much of the back end work. Like, we still show up to the photo shoots and stuff, but, like, you can only imagine trying to book plane tickets, hotels, race the bike, be at the photo shoot. Like, it will get crazy, and it has gotten crazy before. So, like, yeah, we, we really appreciate those guys because they've taken a lot off of our plate. And, and new talent. New talent is always important because if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. But at the same time, you could be copied and surpassed. And yep. in the news, we've read that um, on the men's side that you've signed Ian Garrison and on the women's side, Shauna Paulus. Um, is there, I mm -hmm. mean, two amazing riders that are going to fit in, fit like a glove into your team and make it, you know, even harder to beat. Um, are there any other... Um, are you are you expanding the roster anymore? Or are you are those just the only two new signings for next year? So yeah, I mean those, those two are are massive, right? Like Ian is is amazing. Uh, we have a really good relationship with his brother Michael, and uh, yeah, we I met him actually at George uh, George's Fondo, and we talked. I like didn't meet uh, Ian, 
and he just talked to me for 30 minutes, right? This guy is on quick step. And like, sometimes, you know, guys roll around with the don't talk to me attitude. And he just like literally took his time. He told me how much he loved the LA and like, he was just a really cool guy. So it was a no brainer to get him. He's like time trial national champion. And what better thing to add to a crit racing machine than a time trialist, you know, (laughs) like it's a no brainer. So also with Shayna, you know, she's amazing as well. She does a lot with her community and we love that. So also a no brainer. Uh, We have... Alexis Ryan that's coming to to the team, which is another massive uh, addition. Uh, We have Sean McElroy. He's uh, under 23 road race national champ. So we got some big, big players coming to the team. So it looks like you all set for the same success next year than this year, but the compass, the, the, um, your opponents, they are no, like they won't be asleep. They watch what you do. They might be trying to copy you guys. What do you think? You're, you're going to have another plan to spice up the game if they're trying to raise the same tactics like you do, if they try to uh, copy you or like Bobby would say, imitation is the biggest form of flattery. And that might happen that sometimes next year other teams might imitate you. What would be your secret weapon against that? I mean, I would love if they imitated us on the the social media aspect. I would love for more money to come into all of these teams, right? We want everyone to be successful and we want American racing to thrive. Uh, On the tactic, uh, the tactics, I think it would be cool. You know, what we're good at is adjusting, right? Our team is so good because even if they do imitate us, everyone individually is on a level where, If something changes, we all make the right move, right? What is it called in the military? It's like if you get shot at, everyone kind of understands what to do. You can't wait around and wait for someone to tell you what to do, right? So, like, we all know what to to do if we need to adjust. And I think it would actually make us better bike racers if, you know, they came with some uh, tactics that we, we already used last year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always hard to... Um beat a team that's that well oiled and can think on the fly. Um, there's no doubt about it, but you know, you mentioned bringing more money into the sport and more money into races. Uh, you recently had the lion's den race in, in Sacramento, which is awesome because that's the, the same course I found out that we used to use in the tour of California. So both Jens and I have raced on that course. We know that course very well, but how did that come all together? I mean, it's it wasn't trade teams. Uh, you know, you, it was kind of composite teams from different areas. How did you guys pull that off? And like, obviously, please mention the support that the sponsors gave you there because watching it yeah. from afar, it looked like the most professional style bike race I've seen in, in quite a while. And I'd like to know, is that going to be a template for success moving forward or was that just a one-off and see how it goes but yeah tell us tell us a how that idea came about and b how you see playing that forward in the future yeah i mean for us man like everything is there's a lot of examples in the real world right like you have basketball teams they have names and numbers and everyone is i like you can identify everyone right so we wanted to kind of create a thing where people are identified and they they are their own characters right and 
we figured that that's what people fall in love with in other sports. You know, they love their favorite player. And that's kind of what we wanted to lean on in that aspect. And then, like, you know, we add the crit racing aspect of, you know, us going around and not, you know, the people coming out and seeing us one time, which is which is kind of crazy. I mean, I've been on, out on the road uh, when the tour of California come past and, I, you know, I'm down for that. But imagine if the tour of California was like circuit races where people could just sit there and watch it for hours. It'd be really cool. So that, that's kind of what we were going for. And it was crazy successful, man. I, I was kind of blown away as well. You know, we took uh, about two months to come up with that. It was kind of like on the fly and we just wanted to to see what it will be like. And it was it was successful. So uh, I think we're going to do a couple more next year, man. I, I think, uh, you know, the sponsors were happy with us. We had uh, Shram who backed it from the start. So. Let's see what happens. That would actually lead me to my next question. What is in the pipeline for you guys in the future? The close future next year or maybe five years time? Did you guys or any of you ever dream of going across to Europe, participating in any races over there? Or you go, nah, we just first busy for the next five years with the US racing. What's the plans for the close and for the far future for you? Yeah, I mean, for us, it's it's building American American racing, but also, you know, we have some talented riders that are very good at UCI races. So, uh, last or this year, we won the only UCI race in America. Uh, big shock to a lot of people because they thought we can only race crits. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, next year, with it being a little further out of the COVID season, there's going to be a lot more races to choose from. So I'll actually be interested uh, to see. We wanted to do maybe a couple races a year, like uh, Japan Cup was one that interests us. Uh, Tour of Britain is also one that, you know, we just want to pick races that we're going to have fun at and that we can actually activate the community around, you know. And, and you definitely activate the community. I mean, you're, you're definitely increasing the diversity and inclusion in cycling and getting more kids involved in the sport. Um, what are some of the efforts that you do um, to, to, to do that? I mean, obviously, you guys are busy. You have your lives. You have your pets. You have your cycling. But you always seem to find time to, you know, increase that diversity and inclusion and promotion of the sport. Um, tell us a little bit about those projects because those are even more important. Yeah, it's all about being accessible, man. You know, like, it, you know, it, there's never uh, a bad time for, you know, you to talk to a kid. And like when we go to these races the, the week before, you know, we're going into bike shops, we're going into like, uh, meetings and stuff to talk to the community and a lot of the times you know kids show up and when you put you got to make a good impression on them because you never know what they want to be and if they want to be a cyclist you know you gotta you gotta make a good impression on them so like i think just being like accessible uh is, is a really big part you know um we are also uh, partnering with cycle kids they're getting bikes into schools that we actually went to and uh, and that's like a really big project we're working on right now When, when it comes down to prize lists and having them be equally split between the men and the women, which, you know, doesn't happen. I mean, we saw the massive 
diversity between the men and the women in in Peru Bay this year. I mean, it was it was sickening actually, but yeah. but at the Lions Den, you had <clears throat> even prize lists between the men and the women. How how sustainable is that, and is that something that that you feel needs to be implemented in in all the the races moving forward over here in the states? Yeah, I think uh, for you know we had our team and we didn't split it into a men's and women's team. We just you know we have Legion right, and like Skylar is a very big attraction for our sponsors for our fans, and like she deserves exactly what we get. You know, so we we are making it from the start that the money is going to be equal regardless. Like if we don't have enough money, then I guess we're both not getting enough money. Right. So I think uh, it's we're at the point where the women are are really, really good and the competition is high. So I think they deserve the same amount of money. Yeah, I mean. That goes without saying for sure. Um, but you know, there's there's a difference between saying it and doing it, and and you guys did it, and of that's course. what I really respect. And we're gonna keep doing it, man. Like that that's that's one of our our foundational pieces of what we're trying to do. Like I think, uh, like I said, they work really hard and they deserve it. So that's that we're gonna make it happen. That's really well said. I couldn't agree more. And when you said in the close future you might want to have uh, more races like the Lions Den race, does that mean you're going to have a Lions Den race in San Francisco or somewhere else in another state, in Denver or in New York, or you want to stay in California for the first, for the next year? So uh, next year, you know, after this one was successful, we, we want to try and do a couple more. I think we are going to stay in California for the near future. But, you know, we have plans to, to extend beyond that. I think you definitely have a, a template for success. And um, hopefully we'll see more and more of those. I mean, obviously, it's difficult for people living on the East Coast to get all the way over there. But, you know, when you're when you're going for that sort of prize list, um, Why the heck not? But um, I understand from another close friend of yours that you just know what's cool in cycling. <laughs> so, you know, Corey knows what's cool and what's not, and we just kind of follow what Corey says. So in the, in the coming years, I mean, you're speaking to a 50-year-old guy that turned 50 back in September and a soon-to-be 50-year-old guy here in a couple weeks. What is cool now in cycling that, that we're missing? I mean, you got the cool hat on, you got the, the chain, Jens and I are sitting here in our sweatpants, but what, what is cool in the next couple of years in cycling? I think right now it's uh, the accessories, the chains, uh, matching the bike to the kit, matching helmet, glasses, gotta be cool. Uh, and being yourself, you know, being happy is cool. I think that's what's really cool in, in expressing yourself. So you got to be yourself, man. I think uh, it doesn't have to be gold chains. You know, it could be whatever you want it to be. That's what's, that's what's cool to me. But you see, Corey, there's a problem. Tomorrow, my oldest son turns 26. So he's just about your age. If I try to dress like he goes, <laughs> no, 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 dad, no, dad. You just turned 50. 
that ain't cool anymore. You, you can't be cool. You're old. Dad, your time is over. That's what he was saying to me straight to my face. Can oh, you believe? Man. It rips my heart out. Oh, man. So enjoy the coolness, my friend, as long as you're young and beautiful. Because one day your kids go, ah, no, daddy, you can't be cool anymore. You're not yeah, cool yeah, anymore. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. That day comes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty cool as is, man. I wouldn't change it. <laughs> Thank you. You made my day, Corey. <laughs> so, Corey, we're going to let you go here in a second, but I got to talk about what Freddie Ovette did over the weekend. I mean, he's been racing with you guys in the crits, gravel, doing everything, and then all of a sudden he just decides to go and run the Los Angeles Marathon. Not only does he run it, but he goes sub 250. Did you have any plan? I mean, he says that he stays with you when he comes to the to the U.S., but were you kind of looking mm -hmm. at him sideways saying, bro, um, people train all year for that. You're just going to have a hard time just jumping off the bike scene, the lion's <laughs> den, and then doing the L.A. Marathon. But he did it. What was what was what was going on, uh, you know, behind the scenes there with your your Legion friends? So so yeah, he does stay at my house. Uh, he eats a lot of food. <laughs> it costs me a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's fueled for it. <laughs> uh, I think um, when he took it was so random, you know, like we just come off the lines and he's supposed to go home on Thursday, and he's like, "Hey man, uh, I think I'm gonna run the the marathon in New York," and I was just like, "Well, what?" You gonna run a marathon? And he's like, "Yeah, man," but uh, he wasn't cool enough to get into New York. But he got into LA, so he stayed at my house a little longer. And he, we were trying to guess what times he was gonna run. And guess what time I guessed? Three twenty-seven. Three hours twenty-seven minutes. Bobby. Yeah. Any anything even close to three hours is uber elite. So coming off the cycling circuit with not much training, I I would have knowing his pedigree as a runner, I would have thought mm -hmm. three hours and thirty minutes. Okay, I guess two hours and fifty minutes. No. Oh. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess I guess two hours and fifty minutes. So after he ran it, he told me what his time was. I was like, man, you gotta listen to me some more. You, you, no, he's Coach like a Corey. super motivated guy. <laughs> Coach Corey. Yeah, exactly. I was like, hey man. I mean, set those Stay goals high pace. and let the let your athletes obtain them. Yeah, I did not see that coming. And um I feel sorry for him because he said that uh my first question was, can you walk today, bro? Like, you just ran a marathon. Can you walk? And he goes, actually, I'm on the plane flying back to, to Europe already. And I was just like, oh, boy. I hope you guys took care of him with a nice lay down flat seat. <laughs> <laughs> I actually took a, I packed his bike for him and I, and I took it to him because he was uh, at the Dodger Stadium, which is about 50 minutes from my house. So I packed his bike up and I saw him the next day and he was moving very slow. <laughs> But uh, listen, Corey, it was fantastic having you on. We're huge fans of what you're doing. Cannot wait to see what you guys have in the pipeline coming up in the in the next year, both on the men and the women's side. And man, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing good stuff. And like you said, you're making two old guys that just normally sit on the couch. Well, Jens actually has to be in a studio. And it, it's it's making cycling <laughs> fun again. And you hit the nail on the head. And I think it's what every pro, every young rider needs to know is you ride better 
when you're happy. And this yep. life is too short to be kind of just doing it for a paycheck and create exactly experiences, have memories, spend time with people that you want to spend time with. And like you said, have fun. That's it. I mean, you guys got it dialed. Um, if I was 20 years younger, I'd be knocking on your door. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I'm sure you would fit right in, man. I know what kind of bike rider you are. Yep, Bobby could ride tempo for a long, long time. He could control a crit for you guys all alone. <laughs> and you just have to take over for the last half of a lap. <laughs> the rest, you can just leave it to Bobby <laughs> with the time trial machine. Yeah. yeah. The time trial machine, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to worry about me sprinting. I think I could maybe at my best max out P-Max of 1,100. So um, you don't have to worry about me, but I'll be there, especially if I believe in what we're doing. So again, Corey, thanks a million. It's been awesome. And uh, we'll have to have you on again next year around this time to let us know what, uh, what transpired with Legion of L.A. Yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy year. I'm super happy that you guys put me on here. Uh, and there's a lot more to come. Believe that. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. A huge thanks to Corey Williams for being our guest. Thanks for listening. And please give us a five-star review and share us with your friends. The show was a Bella News production in association with Shock Giraffe. The producer was Mark Payne, and this episode was edited by Tim Moza. And please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby and Jens. And please share your cycling stories with us. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor, Zwift. One of the most fun parts about cycling is climbing. So why not try Garrett Thomas's athlete workout, Fun is Flying Uphill. A great pillar of any climber is muscular endurance. And believe me when I say, that's what you'll get. Testing yourself on training plans alongside world-class cyclists is what makes Zwift so exciting. I can't wait to show my friends the fitness I built at home. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.